Well, let's find out what's happening in some other countries when it comes to restrictions and the relaxing of those restrictions. Joining us now is Shane Woodford. He's a freelance journalist based in Denmark. Shane, thanks so much for being here. Always a pleasure, Jill. How are you? Uh, Very well. How about you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, You've been writing about this, obviously, throughout the pandemic, and your latest post is talking about uh, a return to somewhat of a a normal life. So what's happening there? Yeah, and by the way, just to get some context, it was a pretty radical shift in tone this week. Uh, We had a COVID update press conference uh, just over a week ago, and that one was was totally very different. It was very much we're deep in the doo-doo as long as the dark winter months are on us. Uh, Omicron's raging. we got to really buckle up through February, and then maybe we'll see some light at the end of the tunnel. And then we fast forward to this week, uh, and there is this really surprising tone, uh, whether they're correct or not remains to be seen, but this tone of uh, we're close to being out of this thing. Uh, we feel we can return to normal life. We're going to start phasing out restrictions as of this Sunday. Uh, not too fast, not too slow. Uh, the emphasis was on trying to take a measured approach so as to ensure the hospital system uh, isn't overwhelmed. But uh, yeah, there's going to be uh, a reopening of movie theaters, concert venues, conference centers, you know, uh, museums, zoos, amusement parks. Uh, the list goes on and on. Some other restrictions will remain. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to chart a path now on a fairly regular basis to take it all down and return to a quote-unquote sort of near-normal life. Hmm, interesting. And do you do you know what it was then that kind of prompted that shift in tone? Yeah, the feeling of the press conference was that they seem to feel that the Omicron variant uh, does not pack as serious a punch as was feared. Uh, there was a lot of talk about it being mild, which I think was... Uh, a bit of an understatement, but um, there was also this like, well, we don't know. We need clarity. We need the data. Uh, and the, the health officials, the health minister, the national health board here in Denmark really came out and kind of said, listen, uh, the numbers we're seeing shows that, yeah, we have really high infection rates and the hospital situation is, is not ideal, but it's we're also seeing like, you know, deaths have been really decoupled. We haven't seen any really significant increase in deaths. Uh, ICU numbers have not gone up the way regular hospital admission numbers have. And uh, they seem to think that they're looking at data that shows them that uh, we're out of the woods on this thing, or at least on the way to being out of the woods. Um, One of the interesting stats that popped out of this press conference that caught my ear was that the vast majority of patients who are in intensive care with a coronavirus infection do not, in fact, have the Omicron variant. They're seeing a majority of people in ICUs who have the Delta variant, not the Omicron. And this is in a country where we're seeing 96% of all sequence positive tests come back as the Omicron variant. So it's very much dominant here, except for intensive care. Hmm, interesting. And, and when you say that, then, that things are going to reopen, but there, might, there will still be some restrictions in place, so are there still going to be things like mask wearing, or, or what, what do you think will still kind of look different? Yeah, we have, uh, we've reinstated, if you remember back in September 10th, Denmark dismantled all restrictions. We literally returned to normal life. Uh, and then we had a really, really bad Delta wave that sort of arrived in the beginning of November and got really intense halfway through. And, of course, as we all know, the Omicron wave 
uh, followed that up and really turned a bad situation into something terrible. So in the middle of all that, we went from, hey, look at us, we're living a normal life, and they basically reinstated virtually almost every restriction that they had prior to that in a bid to try and cap down the infection. So uh, right now you got to wear a mask on buses, uh, ferries, public transit, trains, all that kind of stuff. you got to show a corona pass or a vaccine passport system uh, to eat at restaurants, go into movie theaters, that kind of thing. Uh, there's also capacity limits, and uh, if you go to a store, for example, you might see a sign on the door that says, oh, hey, listen, we only have 15 people allowed in here at one time, depending on the floor space. So some of those are going to linger on. Um, they didn't really specify sort of what the timeline is to remove everything, and, and I think probably the coronapass, things like that, maybe masks uh, will linger on for some period yet, but... Uh, it's going to be, you know, going out to see movies, uh, a lot more freer to go to museums and zoos and all that kind of stuff beginning on Sunday. Hmm, interesting. And, and what about testing? Because I know we've talked about it in the past, mm-hmm. and that's been one of the criticisms here is rapid testing really hasn't been used in any kind of uh, big way as far as the public. We can't go and buy them yeah. like you can in some other places. Uh, some provinces yeah. are, are, pretty, are, are giving them out to some students and such, not here in BC. What's it like as far as rapid testing there? Yeah, overall testing here, we're doing about half a million tests, PCR and rapid testing uh, through the state every single day. We have a capacity of about 750,000 a day, so we're tucked in well under that. But they've also unleashed, uh, Denmark went out and bought 65 million home testing uh, kits, so rapid tests you can take by yourself at home. Uh, those went to hospital workers and a good chunk went to the school. So, for example, uh, my little guy who's seven years old and is in grade one here in Denmark, we have a uh, we went down to the school and got a mitt full of free uh, at-home testing kits, and uh, we have to give him a test twice a week, and as long as he doesn't come back positive, then off to school he goes. And they're also available everywhere. I mean, I went to the grocery store the other day, and there was a big pile of uh, self-testing kits that were fairly cheap and inexpensive, just sitting by the cash register you could grab on your way out. So we have millions and millions of those, as well as a very, very robust state-run testing system. Hmm, interesting. And do you find that people, does it give people a bit more confidence? Or I mean, even for you as a parent, being able to provide that for your, your child and know that at least twice a week you're going to have that testing done? Yeah, it, it does, until we're about a week into this now, and nobody at school is asking for it, so... <laughs> It seems to be it seems to be sort of run on uh, an honesty principle. We sent the first rapid test to school, thinking, "Well, they must have to check this thing, right?" Uh, and ever they looked at us like we had four heads, and, mm-hmm. and so apparently not. But uh, I mean, I'm assuming most, you know, I can't see anybody deliberately sending their kid to school if a rapid test comes back positive. I mean, maybe in extremely rare cases. But anyway, the only part of that is is that I wish there was some, you know, semblance of checking these things. That would provide a little extra reassurance. But, yeah, it does provide something. Um, you feel a little bit safer. You know, Henrik hasn't had a, uh, a vaccine yet. We all got COVID back in the beginning of December, uh, and he tested positive the week before he would have had his first dose. And once you're positive here, you have to wait 30 days before you can get a vaccine dose. So we're all going for, in, in Catherine and Maya's case, we're going for our booster doses next week, and then Henrik will get his first dose. So our concern up to this point has been that he has been, you know, largely unprotected. Uh, and so the, the rapid testing was a, a nice way to kind of try and keep a finger on the pulse of, of what the threat level is at school. 
Interesting. And and you mentioned, too, uh, I found that very interesting that the cases that are in ICU are, are largely Delta variant, not Omicron. So mm. is Denmark testing all of the cases or sequencing so they know specifically who has what strain? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Denmark has the entire time not only had an amazingly robust system. I mean, uh, back in the alpha variant wave of a year ago, we were doing almost 800,000 tests a day. That knocked off quite a bit through the summer as the epidemic waned and numbers went down. And then the testing system uh, cranked right back up again as the Delta and then the Omicron wave really hit us hard. So as I mentioned, we're at 750,000 testing uh, tests a day capacity. We're doing pretty routinely around 500,000. And Denmark sequences roughly about 80% or more of those tests each day. So they have a pretty firm handle on, you know, what variant is where and what's going on and all that data uh, is published weekly online so that I can go on and I can see, okay, this X number of cases in here and who's in hospital with what. It's unbelievable, not only the robust testing system, the information they glean with that, but the freedom of just unleashing it on the public so that anybody with a keyboard and internet connection and the media, of course, can go on and just see a wealth of data. I'm just going through a 30-page report right now outlining infection activity over the last week. And I can, you know, it has information on who's in the hospital, what they have, what age they are, uh, how many teachers got sick last week, how many people in uh, employees got sick. I mean, it's just a wealth of information. And Denmark unleashes this stuff like almost on a daily basis. It's really, really wonderful. All right. Well, great to, to hear that. And also great news to hear that things are going back to that uh, much more uh, looking like a, a normal type of society. Shane, we'll talk to you again, but thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, as long as we don't have another new variant, as we know, we we're back to normal till Omicron arrives. So fingers crossed on this. It's been two years. It'd be nice to hit the exit on this thing.